Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Catch up on all the past seasons, past episodes. Connect to social media links. Connect to your favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it in that list, you can you can find them. You can find us everywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. We're all over. Yeah. How's it going? It's going. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'm good. Yeah. Real good. It was a nice, relaxed weekend. It was a good weekend. Went to the fair. We did. Had fair food. Ate our weight in food. Yeah. I had a biological incident at the so, fair. Uh, I saw a post and it was like, you know, what are you doing to take care of yourself? And it's like, are you going outside? Are you walking? Are you eating whole foods? And I was going to put, I ate a whole potato fried with sour cream, bacon, cheese, and chives to sack out. <laughs> and had a, had, a, <laughs> had a fried bread dough with powdered sugar chaser for that. Had half a loaf of bread fried with powdered sugar. Is that yeah. good? Yeah. Is that whole food? Oh, I think you uh, did some just wondrous self-care there. I think yeah. so, too. I, um, well, you know, my problem was I didn't do the math because I was sitting here. I was like, okay, I'm home for the week. I'm not, like, going outside anywhere, right. you know, for yeah. work or anything. So I was like, okay, if we're going to do this hot sauce thing. Yeah, you've been training. You know, so I've been training a bit to see where my <laughs> where my spicy uh, spicy spots lie. You know, so if you missed last episode, we made an announcement for Halloween. Yes, we're going to do a uh, a hot wings challenge. Yes. So if you have questions that are horror related, yep, things you always wanted to know, or if you just want to give us a question to watch us suffer while we're eating hot food, yep. Please send it to OTH at SeriouslyDecent.com. You can do uh, email that way, or you could connect to our uh, Facebook group and, uh, and submit your questions And for our gamblers there. out there, you can take odds on when you think Frank's going to start hiccuping. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That's going to be the real thing right there. When, That's going to be the test. When do I start doing hiccups? You know, And personally, for those that are looking to go for the long bet, I'm hoping that happens early. Cause once I get the hiccups out of the way, yeah, you're good. I'm in good shape. Yeah, I, I, uh, it'll be curious to see. Your, your training's been going okay. Like so, your so yeah. first day with your first, first day hot was sauce, hilarious. I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's gonna be the third or fourth wing. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. So we had uh, <laughs> from Fly Creek Cider Mill, we had this. Uh, Roasted habanero um, hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yeah, it's actually got a little uh, little punch to it. Nothing crazy though. No. It's a good starter. Yeah. And so I got that, and I remember I was sitting at my desk, and I'm like, <laughs> just like that. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a disaster. What did we commit to? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> because here's the thing: there's no giving up. Once no. I say I'm doing something, yeah. I'm doing it. Yep, you know, yep, I, yep. I'll commit. So. So yeah, we're gonna do that on video. It's gonna be our first kind of testing of video to see uh, 
how we uh, see what we can see. Well, and how to publish it, how to yeah. edit it and do all that stuff. So, so yeah, we're going to try that. Maybe some little sample things here and there. But, but yeah, so all week I was doing hot sauce, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and gradually went up. And I have to say, like Friday, I had um, the garlic reaper, the garlic reaper uh, from Torchbearer, which and I'm going to say, quite honestly, oh, it's is good. it's, it's good my hot favorite hot sauce it's that really, I've had to really, date. Really good. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, no, and I was eating that, and things were good, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm like, this is, and this is probably going to be our middle of the road hot sauce in the lineup, right? You know, so you know, middle to road, later to road. Yeah. I say we're probably going to have three hot sauces after that. Yeah. That are going to be in Just some foreign brutal. territory yeah. for me. You know, yeah. I I think um I don't know, it'll be interesting. So with that being said, I go to the fair mm-hmm. and I act like that whole week never happened. Yeah. And you're like this is the the fair is my is yeah. my oyster. So I can have whatever I want. I opened up with fried dough. Yep. And uh Polish that right down. Mm-hmm. I finished yours. You did. And then I was, my whole idea was I was going to get a quesadilla and then I was going to get like a sausage, peppers, and onion sandwich. Mm-hmm. But while we were eating our funnel cakes, I saw that steak and bacon, the steak baconator uh, yeah. sandwich. And then I saw that woman walk they out. They should have just it. called it the steak and The steak and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not bad. Right? Yeah. So so then uh, I saw that woman order it, and it was just huge. Yeah. That sub bun full of steak, bacon, and, like, cheese, melted cheese and um, onions peppers and, and peppers. onions. Yep. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to knock that back. So I got that. I was feeling great. We went to the table. You mm-hmm. were eating your, um, your starch surprise. Yeah. And um, I... Uh, Halfway through that, my body started you reminding me. You looked at me and you're me, like, where are the bathrooms again? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, well, there's some bathrooms behind us. And you're like, yeah. eh. I go, but behind you. Yeah, they're like. I go, they're legit bathrooms. Legit, like, it's a real toilet. There's and, a sink. You, know, you can wash your hands. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, that's what I need. That's what, No, that's what I have to do right <laughs> now. It wasn't an option. Yeah. My body literally reminded me of the five days of hot sauce. Yeah. That I did. And I was like, oh, well, don't worry about that. With any luck, you know, we'll be done and on our way home before you have to go. And you're like, yeah, no. that's that's not going to be no. my reality. No, no. My reality, my reality at that point was I had to find a bathroom in basically a minute. I knew I had a minute. <laughs> and then after that, I couldn't guarantee anything (laughs) and i hate those moments because there's just that urgency so then i do that Mm -hmm. and uh i look at you and i'm like we're done sorry i screwed up the fair yep you know we're out of here which we saw everything you know but i mean we we would have walked around we weren't there to see anything we were there (laughs) There for for the food food, i know (laughs) But I just had so much ambition. I know you did. And it got cut and you were short. Like, oh. oh, it got cut short. And I um yeah, so then we're we're riding. Now mind you, we're only ten minutes from the fair. From the fairgrounds. Yeah. And everybody can vouch for this at some point in their life. There's that point where you're driving and you know you're close to home, and yet for some reason your body just gives up on you. 
starts it's relaxing. Like, oh, and we're you're home. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're no. good now. No, no we're not. No, home no, yet. no, 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 no. It's not how oh, this works. <laughs> I'm doing the breathing. I hit the. We get to the stop sign. I'm like. Do you remember <sighs> when we had the Mercedes? <laughs> and I think we were. I think we were in the dead center of South Glens Falls, and mm-hmm. you started doing the. Oh yeah. And you turned off the seat warmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> you had like the window there. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get we get in the driveway and you just bailed. You, like you left everything. Yeah. I shut I shut the car down. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I'm doing like my my penguin sprint. Sprinting like a penguin. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this before on here that you're getting into now, like, one of my, like, worst fears is I'm in that state and then we get in a car accident mm-hmm. and the EMT just walks <laughs> in to a situation <laughs> that he's just not prepared for. It's just, yeah, yeah, you know. Bring the hose. <laughs> no, and I get, like, they say, like, when people go unconscious, yeah. they shit themselves, but, like, yeah, we're not talking about like a regular poop here. You know, this is just, a, it's a disaster. Yeah. And that's, that's all I think about. I don't even think about going to the bathroom and like that point's coming. I'm just like, I hope we don't get in a car accident right now. I hope I don't go unconscious. It's terrible. I don't have that. No one has that. I'm crazy. That's <laughs> what it is. I know I bragged earlier and how I got my papers and all that stuff. No, it's just me. It's me conning myself that I'm not crazy. That's your you mom know. right there. <laughs> it's me conning myself that I'm not crazy. Uh, uh, so here we are. <laughs> cult of the month. Uh-huh. Um, This is episode 139 of season three. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going to put it in the title for... Uh, publishing we're going to debate later on you know is this a cult or not you know yeah because uh i don't think you could be too quick to judge on this one that they're a cult per se like cult in the traditional sense of cult i this can is, no and i did judge them <laughs> no and i knew you would yeah. so this is where i like our our dynamic here and of course for those of you that are new to the podcast we don't uh, share notes before. No. We barely even talk about it. So no. as we talk the about this. The only thing that we we discussed beforehand was uh, Bigfoot. But that, that was like five years prior when we came up with Big our, and, our yeah, theory. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> on Max. Yeah. The Bigfoot Expedition Expe- or Expedition, Expedition Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. It starts on Discovery. Yeah. And then the streaming service, like you used to only be able to get it on Discovery Plus, but yeah, it's now travel, on Max. Travel Channel. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a show I hated at the beginning because mm-hmm. it was the same mm-hmm. bull- Bigfoot bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they still do the same Bigfoot yes. bullshit. But there's some Did pretty... you hear that? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, my God. It drives me nuts. It's like right when I hear like, oh, my God, did you hear that? And there's sound effects in the background, like music. It's yeah. like, 
I, you know, how about you turn this shit off to yeah. make things exciting? Yeah. yeah. And actually, and let then me we hear. Can say, hey, yeah, we heard. Yeah, it too. I did hear that. Yeah. You know, but instead it's. Did you hear that? No. Nope. No, Randall. No. I didn't. I, sorry, Bryce. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I heard it about as good as you did from the command center. Oh my I love God. how they're out in the wild Scrapping. with mountain lions yeah. and bears. And Bryce, maybe Bigfoot. Bryce is in the command and center Bryce with a fire in, in the fireplace. Bryce is in an Airbnb. He's yeah. got like a sleep number bed. Oh He's got a God. gourmet kitchen. Yeah. He's sitting in front of a command center, which is really just four like a screens. laptop and four screens. Four screens and a laptop. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you hear that? Some uh, something got thrown at the side of the house, and he's a and he's an actor, but yet they put that on there. Uh, Bryce, whatever his name is, researcher. It's like whoa, easy, easy, easy buddy. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I love it so much. <laughs> well, you got to like it for what it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. and uh, but yeah, there's just stuff that like they do there, like. Yeah, dude's in a blind. Oh, we hear something outside. No trail cams no. out there. No. You know. No. And how much would it cost to do like 20 trail clam trail cams? I mean, they got the state of the art drone technology they're using. Yeah. Doesn't work. It's like, well, we can't see through the canopy. It's like, well, they're in the canopy. So put the drone down and use something else. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, oh vey. They had to use the drone because the thermals couldn't penetrate the canopy. Well, guess what? I, Neither could the drone. Yeah, because you're using thermals. It's the same, same techno- thing. Oh, yeah. Ah. yeah. Go ahead. Science your way through that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Geniuses. Uh-huh. You know, but that footprint was pretty cool that it we was saw cool. the other night. Yeah. You know, and again, it was, they've got three researchers, Sans Bryce. I don't, I don't count him as a researcher. Yeah, yeah. I think of him more like an interviewer because that's really all he does is interview people that have had experiences. Anyway, one of the guys is ex-military and he's a survivalist. And this guy And he's logs, a tracker and stuff. Yeah, like that. he yeah. logs, I'm gonna guess about 20 miles <laughs> each expedition. I would say because- I'd say I'd say 10 to 12 in a day. Yeah. He's logging. Yeah. You know. So this guy is actually out there. Yeah. He's he's out there. He's doing They'll stuff. They'll have like a 20-mile perimeter, like a circle. Yeah. And he's going all around the outside. And then you have the other two. Yeah. Which maybe. One is a primatologist and the other is a Bigfoot researcher. Which scientific-wise, she holds the most weight. She does. Out of everyone yes. there. She's, She's got, literally yes. the scientist. She is. You know, the other guy is just the your typical Bigfoot guy. Yeah. There's a rustle in the leaves. That's it's a, a squatch. <laughs> That's a squatch. That's what they do. They rustle, make you know they're there. You know, it's like, okay, dude. It's just an acorn falling off a tree. All right. It's just a chipmunk. You know, there's squirrels and birds here too, right? (laughs) You do know that you're waking up everything out there. Correct. You're the warning. There's something because they'll be like, oh, can you you hear hear that? Nature knows something's wrong here. It's like, yes, it's you. you. Yeah. (laughs) You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It'd be like a robber going into your house and you're all nervous and a robber being like, wait, there's somebody in here. 
There's somebody who's not supposed to be in here. Not me. Somebody else. Because you're alarmed. <laughs> but it's good. It's, oh, it's good, good shows. It makes it's you good. think, too, man. It makes you think out of the box. Because there's some stuff they see there. Yeah. And you're or like. stuff that happens. And you're like. That's pretty freaking huh. weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Well, so, the ex-military as, guy befriended a bear unintentionally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Anyhow, here we are. Yeah. Episode 139, we're going to talk about the Rainbow Family. Yeah. Also known uh, in the day, so to speak, the Rainbow Family of Living Light. Yeah, that just rolls off the tongue. Oh, it sure does, mm-hmm. you know, like everything else from uh, from then. Uh, for sources, I have uh, culteducation.com, welcomehome.org, which is their website, which we'll get into that uh, okay. in a little bit. Uh, I, there was an article from Vice. Uh, Concord Monitor, um, In-Depth NH, which is like a New Hampshire thing, Mm -hmm. because uh, their last gathering Mm -hmm. was in New Hampshire this year, uh, which we'll get into as well. And then, um, yeah, I have a different story separate from this. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be able to get to that. I have All That's Interesting and AETV.com. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. So, all right, we'll, we'll put the precursor out here. They claim, this is their claim, on their website Mm -hmm. or any kind of public thing they throw out, that they're a leaderless group, that basically it's this loose affiliation of individuals. Some are nomadic, but they generally assert that they have no leader at all. Mm -hmm. Um, They put on a yearly primitive camping event on public land, and they call these rainbow gatherings. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's basically how this started out. Do you want to do the beginning of it? Or you want me I to got, do it? I got or? the beginnings. Okay. All right. So as you said, their full name is the Rainbow Family of Living Light, but they go by the Rainbow Family. And they've been around since the early 70s. Yeah. And this counterculture group was heavily inspired by the 1969 Woodstock Festival, as well as anti-war pro-love movements. So they're the... I'd say like the epitome of the hippie peace love, supposedly. Well, yeah. You know, at that point, there was uh, a lot of counterculture going on. Yeah. And this was another faction. I hate to say for lack of a better term because it wasn't really kind of military-esque or anything like that. But it was just this existence of many countercultures, and this was one of them. Yep. And they basically was created at this gathering. Yeah. I I got that. Oh, okay. All right. So- while they boast they have no leader, there were two men largely credited for starting it, Barry Plunker and Garrick Beck, and they were in their late 20s when they had a prophetic vision. After attending another music festival in Portland, Oregon, called Vortex One in August of 1970, they decided that all the small communes, nomadic groups, and stray hippies could merge together yeah. and form this one unit. Their goal was to create, as one later member described it, quote, the largest, best coordinated, non-political, non-denominational, non-organization of like-minded individuals on the planet, end quote. Plunker, who had previously lived in a commune on Haight Street in San Francisco, used various Eastern and Western philosophies to attract members to the Rainbow family. For instance, he'd mentioned Tao or the Book of Revelation, quoting sections like, 
quote, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth, end quote. He'd even use Native American folklore to say that the Rainbow family was, in a way, a reincarnation of dead warriors reclaiming the earth. Well, and that's a, if you go to their welcomehome.org. Which I did not. Website. Oh, I always go right to the source. All these things. I go right to their I know, literature. I, used I go to, right to their stuff. I was just like, so the I first thing, can't. first off, the website is absolutely ugly, atrocious. All right. I got to get my IT things okay. out of the way yes. here. It's not secure. It doesn't have a certificate. You know, again, again, no certificate. A no certificate at all. <laughs> um, and, but th- it's welcome home. It says up on top. Yep. And then the first thing it says, when the earth is ravaged and the animals are dying, a new tribe of people shall come unto the earth from many colors, classes, creeds, and who by their actions and deeds shall make the earth green again. Not a bad thing. No. They will be known as the warriors of the rainbow. And this is uh, uh, um, what they have from here. It's from an old Native American prophecy. And they reference Native American Mm-hmm. Uh, statements, traditions, More, all that, yeah. like they were birthed from this uh, thing, which we'll get at the end of the tour because we'll find that very interesting. Um, yeah, if you remember the concept of the other, I think we're at 18 cults that we've done now mm-hmm. at this point in time. Um, yeah, we're going to build you up and then then we'll pick you apart. Yep. But but at this point, yeah, there's, there's a, a longstanding... Rainbow family consensus, they say, that nobody has ever or ever will represent the the Rainbow family. And I find that interesting because someone had to start all this stuff. Yeah. Someone had to do that. And to your credit of the names you're dropping there, these two men founded this thing and organized this thing. Yeah, they called themselves prophets. They peddled yeah. leaflets and newsletters around. And eventually, after enough members joined, they set up a community of about 40 people just outside Eugene, Oregon, and became a legal corporation. And then once the Rainbow Family of Living Light was established, the next step was to put together a gathering. Mm-hmm. So since the foundation of the Rainbow Family included no formalized membership or official leaders of any kind, anybody was invited to what would become known as Rainbow Gatherings. Of course, to have the Rainbow Gatherings, there would have to be a space to accommodate all of these like-minded individuals. The first official Rainbow Gathering was held in Granby, Colorado in 1972 at Strawberry Lake. However, it almost didn't happen. A Rolling Stone article with a headline, quote, Acid Crawlback Fest, Armageddon Postponed, end quote, and published August 3rd, 1972, read, By the middle of May, all 800 or so people in Granby expected to be overrun by an estimated 1 million fanatic Christ and dope addicts coming to a blasphemous festival at Table Mountain right smack in the middle of their park, end quote. A court order was issued against the Rainbow Gathering at its initial location, but a local developer named Paul Geisendorfer offered the group his nearby site at Strawberry Lake. While the gatherings are meant to represent peace with music, dancing, and love, they have continuously been met with controversy. Initially, the participants were meant to get together, 
and pray or meditate for world peace. Costs were covered by donations, and days were spent going to workshops, sitting in women's circles or drum circles, just strumming. Yeah, so basically, and practicing yoga or tantra. Yeah, you can have these workshops all over. It's really free form. It's communal uh, practice, really at its at its best. Um, You know, so even the workshops still have a board there, and you can write your own workshop Mm -hmm. and put yourself on the schedule. There literally is no organization, right? Yeah. You know, once they're there, it's wide open Mm -hmm. and people will either be nude or not nude or doing drugs or not doing drugs. In the beginning, drugs were actually not encouraged except weed. Yes. You know, and even alcohol was not appreciated there. Like even the ones today, they have what's called like an A group. It's literally called a group. And um, that's where people drink Mm -hmm. and people consume alcohol because they feel that alcohol... Um, you know, disrupts and creates more problems, which weird, right? Which it does, yeah. you know. So, I mean, this is where I I have to laugh. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna okay. wait on that. Okay, but but yeah, it's this wide open deal. But what you were mentioning was there's a property problem. Yeah, like when they go on these properties, and this is where they've started to get this bad reputation because mm-hmm. none of them have personal property to run one of these. Right. If they did, they would do it on right. their own personal yeah. property. But then that promotes the whole leadership thing. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you get into really successful communes. Yeah. Really successful communes. Nobody wants to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's true. You know, yeah. this is where you start. This whole thing we're going to do about the Rainbow family is really going to point out the shortcomings of communal living. Mm-hmm. It really is. Now, if you're a basic person that doesn't need any help from anybody... Which is, I'm sorry, zero people because everybody needs help. Correct. Everybody needs. Yes. So if you get help within the group, that's fine. But sometimes there's help that the group needs that the group can't do itself. Mm-hmm. And, and they need outside help. And they need outside help. And that'll bring in some examples through here. But it's kind of h- hard to formulate how this will go and where this will go because, yeah, they have no property. So, all right, if you have no property, now you've got two options. You've got state parks and you got federal parks. Yeah. And then the problem you have with that is, is these groups will have anywhere from 2,000 to 25,000 people show up Mm -hmm. for these annual gatherings. So where are you going to hold these things? State parks aren't big enough for that. No. So now the only thing they can go to is federal parks. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is, is if you have a gathering of that size, you need to pay for a permit there. Yep. And then this is where they get that I shouldn't have to pay for everything. It's mm-hmm. our property. And it's like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. You got 20,000 people, 10,000 to 20,000 people going to a state park. Mm-hmm. And that requires resources to handle you. Correct. Yeah. So now you have the taxpayers that are basically paying for the park to begin with. Right. So they went to New Hampshire's uh, federal park uh, just during. And of course, of all weeks, they go 4th of July week course they do yeah so you've got somebody that tried to plan a vacation with their kids and all yeah. that stuff and now you've got this communal nomad group of people like ten thousand yeah. taking over to twenty thousand people taking yeah. up the whole place yeah and doing whatever they want yep and they're mad because the federal parks are upset with them yeah and it's like okay there's ten thousand of you but there's the whole entire federal yeah 
the, the whole entire nation that's guys. paid for this. Yeah. It's not just for you. Yeah. So you've got to realize when you've gotten too big for something mm-hmm. and you've got to come up with another solution. That would require ideas. That would require a group of people to get together and form a plan. And this is where communal nomadic living yeah. will never offer that. Right. So what they do, whether Rainbow family followers want to agree with this or not, this is just the facts. You're going to go there and you're going to consume more resources than they're able to handle. Yep. So that requires money. Yeah. So now for them, even just to get security, I looked into this. I read this mm-hmm. um, or researched this. For them to, uh, and I say them, the federal parks, right. for them to get to keep order there mm-hmm. and to make sure that nothing is of, of chaos, they have to f- hire 40 different people. Right. Now, here's the thing. Those have to be agents because it's federal. Yes. They can't ask the town. They can't no. ask the state. No. You went to a federal park, so yep. they're going to get federal agents. Mm-hmm. That's f- So if you were to get 40 federal agents to just make sure 10,000 people are in check. Now, do that math for a second. Yeah. 40 people. That costs $450,000. That's $450,000 extra that they didn't have budgeted right. for any of that yep. type of stuff. Yep. Then when you leave... The whole ground's trampled down. Yep. There's all this stuff. Now, granted, I will give them this. They have people that'll go back and they'll fix that up. Mm-hmm. They'll uh, either plant seeds or they'll do whatever to help that. But again, if you're not organizing, there's no leaders. Yeah. Who does that? Yeah. Who agrees to do that? that? And how happens? do you guarantee that yeah. happens? No, yeah. exactly. So don't sit there and tell me that you don't have a group, a leader, a, you know. That's why you need a leader in your group. Yeah. There's someone no, exactly. that has to take accountability for that no, shit. No, and that's the thing is, is this group absorbs mm-hmm. all responsibility to or passes it to, to others. Yeah. They don't take the responsibility to it. There's these gatherings that they've done where they've gotten sick mm-hmm. because they weren't cleaning themselves properly. Mm-hmm. And um, basically they uh, were putting strains on these areas where they didn't have like it was just like an EMT station, like the hospital was mm-hmm. miles away. And you've got like 5,000 people that are getting sick with dysentery and all this type of stuff. And 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 basically that's an absorbing on a town that didn't ask for you to come. Yeah. Tip, honestly, didn't want you to come. Yeah. You know, but yep. you insisted yourselves onto them. Yeah, you asserted and, yourself on them. And now when yeah. something went wrong that your group can't fix, mm-hmm. you're now a burden yes. on this town, you know. I submit they're a burden even if they have all their shit together because just their being there mm-hmm. is a burden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole thing. Like these U.S. Forest Service uh, people, you know, they say, you know, the, of the problems like like nudity and all that stuff, that's the least of their worries. Right. You know, it's the drugs. Yep. It's the ODing and overdoses, yep. you know, because now, like in the last one, they had a problem with... uh fentanyl Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, the harder drugs are starting to come in there. Yep. And again, with no organization to sit there and say, no, we don't want these drugs here. Mm -hmm. Just, hey, man, you do you. Mm -hmm. I do me. Yep. It's going to show that this isn't going to work with this group. I think I project in five years, this group is just erased. Yeah. I'm going to say in five years and I'm marking it because five years isn't far away. And I think in five years... They're they're going to be erased from trying to do at least a federal park right. thing. At their original um, gathering, they were smoking pot and dabbling in psychedelics. Mm-hmm. The group, 
The group's values claimed to be noble, aimed at creating a better society and contributing to world peace, but they've often been criticized as most participants' values lie in hanging out in the woods and getting free drugs. The Rainbow family has also been scrutinized for not properly cleaning up after their gatherings. They've received complaints by the Forest Service and public officials for leaving garbage behind, thus leaving a detrimental impact on the environment and large costs to local governments. Disputes with locals have been a repetitive problem as well. In the most serious incident, two women were murdered at a rainbow gathering at Monongahela National Forest in West Virginia in 1980 after there had been brewing tension between the rainbow family and the locals. So did you hear about that that case with the two girls? Oh, I have a ton on that case. Police believe that the women were shot to death by a group of local men, one of whom was convicted, though later exonerated. A serial killer, Joseph Paul Franklin, then admitted to killing the women, but later said he had actually just read about the murders. Read about them, yeah. And as of now, the killers have not been caught, and an upcoming documentary titled The Rainbow Murders explores the incident and the rainbow gathering at which it happened. Yeah, that's still in production, I believe. Yes. Despite the controversies, the rainbow family still exists, and the rainbow gatherings still happen. Each year, an estimated 8,000 to 20,000 people attend these gatherings held typically at national forests. Rob Savoy, a quote-unquote rainbow, who has been attending the gatherings for over 30 years, said people are tolerant, accepting of different stuff, and that a lot of us have had rough family lives and the rainbow has sort of filled that void for us, end quote. However, Savoy also said that the general vibe of the group has changed over the years with heavier drug use and incidents of violence. Quote, a lot of these kids end up hanging out more in town and causing trouble with the locals, Mm -hmm. and it's an embarrassment, he said, end quote. The Rainbow Family has no official website making it difficult to keep track of any official numbers in regards to the increase or decline of participants because they just have that welcome home thing. Well, and even that, like they'll sit there and they and they give law enforcement, you know, a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, but basically they're just, you know, they're saying it's longstanding consensus that nobody has ever or ever will represent the Rainbow Family. Right. And so they say that this site is an unofficial collection of information on the rainbow gathering and rainbow gatherings. And in no way should anyone who works on this website be considered to be representing the rainbow family. And it's like, yes, you're publishing this out here. They've given their name. I'm not going to say it, but they've given their name. And it's like, yes, this is your name. This that is means your you're website. associated with it. Yeah. Th- Whether you say it or not. You're publishing yes. information. Yes. You know, that'd be like us, all these podcasts that we've done. Mm-hmm. That would be like me saying, well, it's not really my words. What it is, is just, uh, it's the words of, you know, things that I researched mm-hmm. and I just put it all together on there. But it's like, no, that's my domain address. Yeah. I paid for that. Yeah. You know, like this welcomehome.org thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody paid for that. Exactly. You know, that's a domain address. Somebody is paying money for that. So if you are representing this and you're putting all, you know, there's legal documents on here. Yeah. Um, there's uh, general information on the Rainbow family. Um, this is uh, the Rainbow Tech the collection of documents on alternate technologies used at uh, rainbow gatherings from wa- water filter, latrine digging, kitchen building and camp security, you know, like all it's 
It's awesome. <laughs> and then what they do is they have a um, like a series of mirrors. I could say at a, a better bit, but other people servers. So you can go to Star's server, and I go to Star's server. It looks exactly like the other one. It's a mirror. Yeah. You know, it's it's a mirror of it, and and there's no different information on here. It's, it's set just up the same thing. It's set up maybe yeah. a little bit different. You know, but you're you're represent you're representing that. Yeah. You know, so the website is a representation of the group. Exactly. You know, just by having it. Yeah. 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 So there's just no claim of ownership, which is like I said, you really want to get down to communal living. Mm -hmm. These people are nailing it. But even that they do a gathering once a year. What are they doing all over? And they say, oh, these are people that just, you know, they have regular jobs and then they come to do this once a year type thing. So it's like, okay. Then so, you then that's not communal living. No, exactly. Exactly. So this is uh this is when you you try to be nothing at all but something. Yeah. You know, and Yeah, it turns out you can't be both. You well, either are something or you're nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they either have to go all in and decide that okay, this rainbow commune is a thing. We have to find a place. Yeah. And we have to live at this place and we have to sustain ourselves. Yeah. And then you invite people there for your gatherings. Yeah. Or you just admit that once a year we like to get together and have a party and you're not actually a thing. You're just a group of people getting together to do drugs in the woods and that's your no, party. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what's hard to look at it this way. It's yeah. like I don't see you as a way of life if everyone else is doing something no. different throughout the whole year yeah. and you guys meet up. Yeah. To me, this is Burning Man. This is all it is. Yeah. And but I respect Burning Man and what they do because they pay the permit. They do. They pay all that stuff because they know yeah. what's they, at stake. They know like their they impact. They know their impact yes. and they yes. know what's going on with yes. all that stuff. And this they is, know what they are. Yeah. And they accept what they, they are. They accept it. It's yes. a once in a year thing. Yep. That if you're some, you know, hippie or um just straight up whatever, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you are, yeah. you can go there. Once a year, partake yep. in this thing. It's like a jazz festival. It's like a blues festival. Yeah. It's like uh, any kind of festival, just so to speak. Just fucking weirder. That's once yeah. a year. But this one just wants to shirk off all responsibility and, and what they are entirely. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, I read this one article where the guy's like, yeah, you know, I was really in the counterculture movement when I was in my 60s. And then and then he tells the story of like life as you grow up. And he's like, yeah, then I got kids and I had a house yeah. and I had to yeah. get a job. And Guess it's like, what? that's it's not like, a commune. It's like, dude. yeah, no, no, no. He, he left all yeah. of it. He says, and I, so now the kids are on their own. Yep. He's retired. He's got nothing to do. So he goes to these every year again, you know? And it's like, okay, that'd be like the Christian saying for once a year, I don't sin. But that's my way of life. Just don't look at the 364 days right. that I don't practice not sinning or doing any of these things. You know, if someone were to do that on the Christianity end or even just religious end, period, whether you're Buddhist or, um, you know, just yeah. what have you, people would be like, dude, you're full of shit, right? You know yeah. that? You know, and I'm not saying there's others that don't do this all year round. I'm going to say probably out of the say 15,000 that show up at a thing, I'm going to bet 3,000 of them are the the true and throughs, you know, that. So do we want to discuss this murder? Yeah, of course. 
around so nine, the horror. On 9 p.m. around 9 p.m. on June 25th, 1980, a college student noticed two people lying on the ground when he exited exited his vehicle at the edge of Droop Mountain Park in Pocahontas County, West Virginia. <clears throat> at first, he thought it was a couple having intimate relations, but as he walked closer, he realized, oh, it's not mannequins. It's not people fucking. I'm on Unsolved Mysteries now. This shit isn't, this is real. Yeah. These are bodies. Someone had shot hitchhikers, Vicki Duran, 26, and Nancy, Nancy Santamero, 19, at close range, That's... and left their bodies in a remote clearing. According to the coroner's report, neither woman was sexually assaulted. It's possible Durian and Santamero had felt the rush of hitting the open road when they left Iowa City, Iowa, in mid-June of 1980, destined for Monongahela National Park in rural West Virginia. Their plan was to hitchhike to the Rainbow Gathering, the counterculture peace festival being held at Monongahela National Forest, but they never arrived at their destination. The still unresolved Rainbow Murders blanketed the local community in suspicion, and continue to haunt this part of rural Appalachia, America. Quote, so many people, including locals, who were accused or, or incarcerated for these crimes, as well as their families and the families of local investigators, may not have been directly affected by these events, but they were definitely traumatized, end quote. Emma Copley Eisenberg, author of The Third Rainbow Girl, tells A&E's True Crime. So let's, what is this third rainbow girl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liz Jandrow was a third com companion or third rainbow girl traveling with Durian and Santa Mero. A day before the murders, she had an uneasy feeling and parted ways with her friends at a Virginia truck stop. Quote, that uneasy feeling wasn't a very logical reason to change course. So I remember making a collect call to my brother in Vermont and him telling me that our dad was getting married that next weekend. Yeah. End quote. John Drow tells A&E True Crime, quote, I took that as a good reason to change my plans and headed north instead of continuing to the Rainbow Gathering. End quote. John Drow, now in her 50s, describes Durian and Santamero as vibrant, fun-loving individuals. Quote, I knew Vicky as Bright Star. I took to her warmth immediately, she says. I felt we were friends within minutes, and she was like that with so many people. Nancy was more serious, but really curious and wanting to try new things, end quote. After going cold, the Rainbow Murders case starts to gain momentum. The Rainbow Gathering drew in thousands of people from all over, but because the bodies of the two women were found in such an isolated place, law enforcement zeroed in on locals who would have had familiarity with the area. Quote, through my research and reporting, I learned the investigators, who were also local, felt that their home place was somehow responsible for these acts of violence, says Eisenberg. The quest to bring justice in this case morphed at some point into a larger quest to redeem and purify their community through rooting out who they perceived to be their bad apples. Yeah, yeah. The case went cold until... July 1982, when 36-year-old Jacob Beard, a local farmer, fell under suspicion after placing several calls to Durian's parents. 
He told Eisenberg that after reading an anniversary piece about the case in the local newspaper, he became consumed with thoughts of the murders. When Durian's father answered the first call, Eisenberg writes, the unidentified man said he was calling from Pocahontas County and that he was sorry Vicky had been killed where he lived. During the second call, which authorities uh, had tapped the phone and taped, Beard referred to local investigators as small town and not the brightest bulbs in the box. He urged Durian's father to get the FBI involved. In an interview with state police, Beard said he had only called Durian's family to express his sim- sympathy and didn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Nothing materialized from this initial lead. And according to Eisenberg, there have been there has been very little evidence recovered at the scene. No witnesses or statements had been given until 1983 and 1984. Almost a decade after the murders, however, investigators finally constructed what they believed to be a solid case after, quote, information just started coming our way, end quote. According to an interview, Sheriff Jerry Dale gave the New York Times in 1992. On April 16th, 1992, murder charges were brought against Beard and six other men from the Pocahontas County area. Two of those charged implicated Beard as the shooter, but later at a pretrial hearing, one of the men claimed a police officer had physically threatened him during questioning. Following the allegation of improper police procedure, authorities voluntarily dropped all charges. Five of the men, including Beard, were indicted again in January 1993. Prosecutors eventually dismissed all charges except those against Beard. A strange twist now leads to an unexpected outcome. While Beard awaited trial, his lawyers learned that in 1984, Joseph Paul Franklin, a convicted serial killer known for shooting and paralyzing hustler publisher Larry Flint, claimed he had murdered Durian and Santamero. Franklin later denied involvement and refused to speak any further about the Rainbow murders, and a judge deemed Franklin's confession unreliable and blocked Beard's lawyers from presenting it as evidence. Mm-hmm. So on June 4th, 1993, a jury convicted Beard in the killings of Durian and Santamero and sentenced him to life in prison without parole. Beard's lawyers petitioned the state presenting both Franklin's original confession and new eyewitness testimony that placed Beard elsewhere on the day of the murders. And in January 1999, the conviction was thrown out and a new trial ordered. The jury acquitted Beard on May 31st of 2000 he later filed a wrongful conviction lawsuit and was awarded a $2 million settlement. Eisenberg believes investigators did everything they could to help solve the case and find the killer, despite some evidence suggesting that the local sheriff's department and West Virginia State Police did not always work well together. Even so, neither Jandro nor Eisenberg believes that there will ever be justice for Durian and Santamero. Jandro calls the case too muddled, while Eisenberg said it is like it is likely as solved as it's ever going to get. So they don't have like there's no well, DNA, there's no witnesses. Yeah. They're they're never yeah, gonna know. Never gonna know. Nope. Yeah. You know, and and that, you know, I was reading this article of the last one that they had, and they were saying that basically there was was something like eight hundred people that mm-hmm. were there at the one in New Hampshire. You know, and maybe there was a few hundred more after that, but it's significantly lower. And a lot of it, the big reason is they've got um, these new arrivals that are Mm -hmm. coming into the group. 
and you know basically again you have this movement of people that are ill-equipped to deal with yeah these problem people mm-hmm. the crowd has changed and this is people from the group right. that are saying this yeah. you know and and basically for many years they the gatherings were against the use of drugs maybe a little pot like we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. you know and that was to preserve a sense of community you know and that's what i think people have to realize is that that counterculture bit of it, pot was kind of like the secret handshake. Yeah. Like if you did pot, you were cool. Right. Yeah. You know, and and in the beginning You're of it, one of us. Man. No, and in the beginning of it, that could be trusted mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But then the thing is, is you know, like everything that becomes mainstream and widely used, now you don't just have honest people doing things or yeah. things. You know, I yeah. mean, you've got these other. It's not factors. the same world. These other factors that are coming in. Well, even then, I'm just saying, like, if mm-hmm. if you had that counterculture 30 years before the 60s, the 60s would have been what it is now. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's uh, it's it's just the progression of things, you know. And and so, uh, yeah, the Rainbow family is not really set up to deal with these no. type of situations. It's barely set up. And well, no, and that's that's what I'm getting at. This is the problem with communal living. Mm-hmm. I'll say it over and over mm-hmm. and over again, and I'm not going to stop until I'm proven wrong. Yeah. But the fact is, is if communal living worked, you'd see a lot more of it. Yeah. Period. The end. End of statement. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, it just it's not like nobody's ever tried this before. Oh, yeah. It's been tried over and over again. There's a reason these tribes don't survive, even in the past and things like mm-hmm. that. It's because they don't work mm-hmm. or they only work to a certain point. Right. And then they can't handle anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's why they either stay the size they are, you know, but it comes with a, a price of things. But you just get a lot of people together and communal living breaks down. Yeah. You know, you want to do communal living living with 10, 20 people? Easy peasy. Right. You want to do it with 50 people? Not too bad. Mm-hmm. You want to do it with a hundred people? Well, you better have the right resources. Yeah, you know. Yep. And if you have the right resources and infrastructure and stuff like that, it could work. But here's your problem: How do you do the resources and infrastructure? Right. Who's in charge of what? Yeah. How do you do this? Yeah. How do you get water into the town? Yeah. And this is where communal living starts to fall apart. Yeah. Is you need structure to handle things as things get bigger and bigger. Right. This is common sense. Mm-hmm. It's not it's no. not science, it's not religion, it's not any of this stuff. It's just so now when you get 2000 people or 10,000 people in an right. area, communal living can't work that out. It no. doesn't have the infrastructure no. to handle that, to it's keep people safe, yeah. to keep you know, so now you've got these, you know, um these kids that end up hanging out more in town. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're hanging out more in town, especially if you're selling drugs, is you want to get more money. Right. Well, you're not going to get money from the people in the commune that don't have anything. Right. You're going to go into town where people have, have money. Have things, yeah. And have mm-hmm. things and sell drugs. Mm-hmm. And this is where the towns are like, I don't want this shit here. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And it's that simple. Yeah. It doesn't have to be overly complex with all this stuff. Even um, in the New Hampshire thing, they were talking to somebody there and they were saying that just, um, you know, year after year, it just gets to be more problems. And, uh, you know, the illegal activities and, um, you know, even just uh, like, again, like the alcohol is not encouraged. Mm-hmm. So they have an A camp 
or an A group or something like that. It's like, all right, you're, you know, so a bunch of you had to make this decision yeah. to have an A camp. So don't tell me you don't have structure. Yeah. And that's why I can't stand. I mean, you've known this. You know me enough. I hate liars. I can't stand liars. Yeah. And it's like, don't lie. Mm-hmm. You're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's where, um, you know, I look at this and I say, Meh. you know, is this a cult? Personally, I don't think so. I, I just, I don't. I can't, in my mind, call this a cult. Um, there's no leadership, quote unquote. Like mm-hmm. your typical cult stuff has a leader. Right. You know, and that's where kind of like the blending of, you know, I'll just bring up Christianity because it's close to me. Like, it's not very much of a cult. You have churches. Those churches have spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Now, do some of them go the wrong way and all that? Oh, you bet your ass. Yeah, yeah 100%. Evil's out there. Yeah. And evil will get a church. Yeah. It's not immune. Yeah. You know, there's no stamp over that. They're all doing the same practice as everyone else, trying Mm -hmm. to be good people. And there's some people that fail miserably at it. But Mm -hmm. even like a church is the same thing of the concept that I'm getting with the commune is sometimes a church will get a bad person in there and get into bad leadership. And they're not equipped to handle that because it's not in the design. It's not in the design to handle an ill-equipped leader or an Mm -hmm. ill-equipped thing. It's based on trust. And once that trust is broken, things things fall apart. Mm -hmm. You see that with the media now. Right now, no one trusts the media. I don't care which side of the political. No, and and they've done that. They they did that to themselves. Yeah, Yeah. it's their own fault. But especially journalists. Like, no one trusts a journalist. And honestly, if you do trust a journalist... You might want to think about it. Yeah. You know, and I think you might need to listen to other things. But the fact is, is I read a recent poll somewhere that like 80 percent of uh, Americans on these like large polls they do. Right. 80 percent distrust the media and journalists. Right. And so now that's where you see these problems here, because we've gone for decades, almost a century, Mm -hmm. trusting the media. And there was a stability in that. So now what you're going to have as a result of that trust being broken is just it's going to be dis- it's going to be unstable. Mm-hmm. And that's like even a relationship. You're in a relationship with somebody and everything's going great. You're in a honeymoon phase. I love you. You love me. Gosh, you're amazing. I just can't find a single thing wrong with you and go through that whole love phase and all that. And then that dwindles down and you become a couple you know, and, and say you get your own place, say you even get married. And for five years, six years, you're rolling pretty well. You have good times, you have hard times, but then there's a betrayal. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, adultery or cheating on mm-hmm. or something big, something really big. And, and you get mortified by it because now you realize I can't trust this person anymore. Yeah. And there's a foundational, like uh, a foundational crack you know, in, in, in your life now where you're like this one person that I could turn to and this one person that I could deal with, you know, and, and trust is broken. And, and that's, that's what changes these things and and wrecks it all out. And so with communal living like this, yeah, 
It's good for a short amount, a small amount of people. It's good in the idea phase. When you're in a group of people hanging out of the house and you said, man, if all 20 of us just got like 40 acres yeah. out in the woods, you know, you're good at this. I'm good at that. Right. The c- communal, make this work. Communal yeah. living works great that way. Right. But then the problem is, is say you all have kids and you all, the, commu- mm-hmm. the, the commune gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, how are you going to handle education? How are you going to handle all this stuff? Now you're becoming a town. Right. And and you can't do that just with, hey, you do you, I do me. Because mm-hmm. what happens when one gets violent? How do you work that out? Is it between the parents? If you don't have any rules. Right, yeah. You know, now you're going off the cuff and you're backpedaling. Mm-hmm. It's a real dangerous scenario. And um, yeah, I, I always laugh at the whole commune utopia idea. So know? I always check anytime we do one of these uh, cults. Yeah. To see... What celebrities are associated? <laughs> yeah. Oscar-nominated actress Winona Ryder's family relocated to the Rainbow Family Commune of Living in Mendocino, California, when Ryder was seven, along with seven other families. Ryder's family lived without electricity, television, or music on a 300-acre plot of land. Ryder spent most of her formative years reading and developed an interest in acting after her mother covertly showed her and her siblings films projected onto a screen in the farm's barn. Wow. The actress recalled her childhood with fondness in an interview with Dazed. Quote, it was pretty incredible. We were in 380 acres of redwoods and there was no electricity. It's got to be amazing. Said Ryder. Yeah, it's got to be incredible. And that's what I'm getting at. On that small scale. Yeah. You know, I have no problem at all with families that go off the grid stuff. Pose themselves, yeah, like with these gatherings, yeah. they're imposing themselves on wherever they decide they're going, yeah. And uh, the national forest deserves better, those towns deserve better. Yeah. Like, they didn't ask for any of this, no. they didn't ask for your bullshit. They don't no. want you to come with your, yeah, loose morals, your drugs, your alcohol. No, and, and this is, and this is what I think happened. I'm going to give the cliff notes now of the rainbow family gatherings. I think what happened was, is you had some really, really honest and true, really good people start this thing up. Yes. I think they had all the best intentions in the world of finding something of peace, harmony, love. Yeah. And communion. Yeah. You know, and I think they got that in the beginning, you Mm -hmm. know, and again, like all ideas, they start in your head, then they start with you, then they start talking in a room. Right. So this started in a room somewhere yep. and, and they said, yeah, and they kicked it. They kicked the ball around, kicked the ball around. And then at some point conditions put this together where they were like, yeah, let's go for this. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. You know, and and I think it had the, the best intentions. I, I think it had the greatest thing going with it. And then I think what happened was is when they started, they realized, well, we can't go on private property mm-hmm. because no one has it right. or no one wants to use it. Right. You know, however, no one wants to offer it. Mm-hmm. We can't go on state because state isn't big enough yep. to house us. So yep. we're going to hit federal parks, and and they go to federal parks, and and the feds, federal parks are like, look, we have no problem with you coming here. Just right. set a date. Mm-hmm. This is the permit. This is how much it costs. Yeah, because it's going to cost us res- resources and stuff like Correct. that. Correct. Yeah, you know, and and then that's when it turned a, a counterculture group seeking peace only was fueled by being counterculture. Mm-hmm. This happens to every single counterculture group because now 
oh, okay, we were going to fight the establishment of life and say this whole way is better. Mm-hmm. But now you've got me telling you, you're telling me that I can't do this anymore. And it's like, no, you just got to pay a permit. Right. And have your There's date. There's a price to be paid. And you can do what right. you want. Yeah. But no, I got the counterculture mm-hmm. rage in me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to fight you. Yeah. And then what happened was, is that's, I think, when it turned. Yeah. It turned from being this peaceful gathering and you got the people that are like, yeah, man, they're sticking it to the man. I want to stick it to the man, too. Let's go and do what they're doing. Well, do you know what they're doing? No, I don't care. They're just sticking it to the fucking man. And that's the side of the fence that I'm on. And I can speak to that because I was that guy for a good five years Mm -hmm. of just, I don't care. As long as you're fucking sticking it to the man, I'll stick it to the man, too. I don't care what you do. And so this is where they started getting these freaking derelicts in there. Mm -hmm. They get the drugs. They get all this other stuff. And again, as we spoke earlier, they're not equipped to handle this. Mm -hmm. They have no ability at all to handle this. And so now you've got a problem. You've got the wrong energy going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. All the people that were in it for the good thing are leaving. And all the people that are in it for this other shit are coming in. And it's going to so, self-destruct. Well, it is. That yeah. last one was 800 yeah. to 1,000 people. They had 20, 25,000 at their peak. I think, you know, the only way maybe it will turn around is if they figure out how to resurrect it as an, as a group. Mm-hmm. And there's no one there that wants to claim any responsibility right. for things. It's a commune. Yeah. It's communal. It's communal. It's a communal idea. Right. And communal utopia. And like I said, if they worked, they'd be everywhere. Mm-hmm. But they're not. No. You know? Do you have other stuff? Or, I do not. I got a juicy story here. All right. So the other day I'm reading the news. and you can't um, read. I try. This one's got a lot of pictures, so as you can see. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, they got some moving pictures and some talkies. Oh, yeah. boy. So uh, <laughs> I generally am not a fan of uh, Sky.com, mm-hmm. you know, um, but this is a um, story out in, I'm going to say England. I don't know if it's England, UK, or around through there. But but I know there's really only two ways you can get news there, BBC or Sky. Got it. You know, because they got sponsored news. Okay. It's just the way it is. So uh, this nurse uh, got, um, she got guilty charges uh, put on, yes. on her. Um, and basically uh, what she was doing was killing babies in a nursery ward. Mm -hmm. And um, this started back in like June 2016. And there were some triplets. And this um, woman, her name is Lucy Letby. And uh, yeah, basically what they found out was that these babies were just dying. Mm-hmm. So at the uh, when it was all said and done, uh, Lepi was charged with killing seven babies and attempting to murder ten more infants between June 2015 and June 2016 in one year. She was accused of injecting air into babies' bloodstreams, overdosing them with insulin, and removing breathing apparatuses or sabotaging their care mm-hmm. in other ways. Um it wouldn't be until 2018, two years later, that she would be arrested. Two years. Oh, those poor families. It's the craziest story that I've read in a long time. So um, here you just think, oh, you know, my baby was sick. Yeah. And my baby died. Yeah. 
and you're so the, dealing with that. So and the now hospital, you find out, oh. So the hospital started looking into it, you know, and then they, they put a circle around this chick here. Cause yeah, they, they died actually, under her watch. Well, yeah, they have like a shift document here yeah. that, that they're looking at. And, um, and basically, like, it's not even subtle. It's obvious. Like, every single one of these things, mm-hmm. she was on staff for. Every right. single one. Mm-hmm. And there was others that weren't. You know, right. all the all the remaining ones were not. Um, and so it just became this um, this long, long piece of it. But, yeah, they have uh, to protect the families and the kids. Uh, it's child A, child B, child yep. C. You know, and you start reading it, it's like child P died and child O and like, yeah, it's like, holy crap, you know. Yeah. So um, in June, eight, uh, June 2018, Lepi was officially declared a suspect and arrested for the first time. She claimed that the police dragged her out of her home at 6 a.m. in her nightgown. Good. But body camera footage released after her conviction showed the moment police knocked on her door at 6.03 a.m. and she's walked out of her home 11 minutes later, handcuffed. She was wearing a blue tracksuit and then she's walked to a silver car and placed in the back seat with a terrified expression on her face. And uh, prosecution said she tried to lie and gain sympathy from the jury. No shit. Yeah. And this is why I can't believe that people jump... This is what drives me nuts on social is people will just jump all over statements like that. Mm-hmm. Be like, see, this is what happened because I read it on here. Yeah. You know, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, why don't you wait 24 hours yeah. and see how things develop? Mm-hmm. Maybe 48. I'm yeah. a 72 hour person. Yeah. You know, like if there's breaking news, talk to me in three days. Yeah. And I'll give Anytime you my Anytime I see online that someone has passed away, like mm-hmm. someone notable. Yeah. I have to verify it with at least yeah, four other sources before I'm like, oh, shit. No, they really did pass away. Yeah. Well, I even do that for people that I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's unreal. The knee jerk reaction that people have to yeah. stuff. Yep. And that's what drives me nuts with social media. I, yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. No, it's the now, now, now where it all yeah. comes from. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, I'm going to forward this, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know. It just, it's, it's dumb. Yeah. I, I don't know any other way to put it. It's just dumb mm-hmm. that you wouldn't do the homework on that and just, and just look on it. Or you, you know? wouldn't just take a minute and be like, wait, what? Yeah. Like I need to know more about this. You know, yeah. it just, no. I can't tell you how many wait, what minutes I have in a day. Oh, uh, here's a funny thing. I'll see something where I want to reply and I'll have it and I'll be like, and I'll have it typed out. And this is what I do. This is my recommendation to everybody. Select all cut and copy on a text document on your phone Mm -hmm. and wait the whole day. Yeah. And if you're still feeling that way at the end of the day, then by all means, fire it off. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you 12 hours later, you're going to be like, "Ah, whatever. Yeah. I'm moving on. You know, that was so 12 hours ago. Well, yeah, no, it's just, (laughs) I'm moving on, you know? And, and that's, uh, yeah. So they, um, she left something in a letter that said, uh, I don't deserve to live. I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough to care for them. And so she had a lot of stuff that was oh, wrong. Oh, you think? Yeah. These are all the like written pages and all this stuff. And this is why we want to do video because more and more. Yeah. I'm I mean, just looking at her and, written. And just the way this stuff's written. Yeah, it's not you in can order. Tell, yeah. It's all over the place. And then like hate circle. That's a and, disordered mind you know, right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in her bedroom, they found a uh, hospital handover sheet stuffed 
in shopping bags. In total, 257 confidential medical documents were recovered, many related to the babies she had hurt or killed. In court, she tried to explain this by saying she collected paper, in quotes, or the documents had accidentally ended up at her home. I mean, so now you're just even going off a, a, a line of just shitty excuses. Facebook I just really like paper. Facebook data revealed that she actually repeatedly searched for her victims' parents. This included on Christmas Day or on the anniversaries of the infant's deaths. She denied this in court. Uh, um, she was obsessed with the grieving families, but it's like, why? Why are you? Yeah, doing why are all this you searching stuff? them? So this then? is a, a bit of advice. I, I really wanted to bring this up for a lot of reasons. A, it's a horrific thing. Yes. Um, they're saying that this is the recent, like, evil serial killer uh, known to date, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, yeah, we're talking almost like 20 infants, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still trying to figure it out. I'm going to get into that later. But but this also would like Facebook, you know, all you folks, I think you're super sneaky searching on people. Yeah. And, oh, I'm a detective them. sleuth. Yeah. I can find and I can find information about anybody. They keep all that shit. Yep. So you better hope that nothing happens to that person. Right. Because otherwise, you're under the glass. Yeah. You're under the glass for that. So, you know, just, I know it. I know it's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and I'd like to second. think that the people that listen to our show are smarter than that. Yes. You know, but, but it's just things you got to think about, you know. And um, she sent a sympathy card to the parents of one of the victims. She photographed it on her mobile phone hours before the victim's funeral. The card read, thinking of you today and always, sorry, I cannot be there to say goodbye. I mean, this is, yeah, this is terrible. Um, And then they show that the staff rotation was an important piece of uh, information or evidence. Uh, The column highlighted in purple shows that the only uh, nurse on one shift for every single incident was her. And so, uh, again, this is where I can't wait for us to do video. But there it is. Like, it's not subtle. Like, it's just, that's it, you know. And, um, you know, all these are scattered out. There's some that haven't been there for multiple days, Mm -hmm. you know. But each child, they did the date the shift started and the type of uh, shift. And it's a mix between night shifts, day shifts. Um, It's a period of a long time. And this is 25 events. 25 children. It's unreal. You know, so it's child A through Q. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm reading this in the morning. Like, I read it, and then, like, I, I saw the the charge. And I was like, wow, I got to look into this and yeah. check it out. And I was like, holy crap. So then the pandemic comes, 2020. Mm-hmm. And the whole investigation slowed. Right. You know? So this is another reason the whole COVID thing was stupid because it affected people. People don't think about that. All these ongoing investigations and all that stuff, all that got halted. Yeah. Everything did. Also, you wouldn't get the flu. Yeah. You know, and if that offends you, fine. I'm I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, It would be three more years until she saw the inside of a courtroom. Her final arrest came in November 2020 when she was formally charged. Mm -hmm. This is four years later, you know. Or three years mm-hmm. later. Um, so at this point, um, the the detective said, however hard we've tried to find alternatives, we've been left with inflicted harm and Lucy Lepi uh, as the person who did it, you know. Yeah. Um, so usually uh, when a suspect is charged, there's almost like a celebratory sense 
that you have started the wheels of bringing people to justice, uh, says this detective. He said, but when the charges were read out to the investigating officers, there was only silence. Yeah. Like just, you know, like, what do you, what do you do with any of this? You know, he's like, nobody really knew what to say. Um, He said, calling it the most emotional experience of his 28 year career in the police. Yeah. And so this is a brief moment where I want to say all you that want to defund police and get rid of police. um, Yeah. Good. It's, it's, it's going great, by the way. I think, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're into that, but you know, this is stuff that police do this, what police departments do. Yeah. They do all of this stuff because who the hell else is going to do it? Exactly. No one. Yeah. You know, as a counselor, how's a counselor going to handle this? It's ridiculous. You know, so trust between colleagues is important in almost every workplace, but in a natal unit, it's a matter of life and death. Yeah. But in Chester, that trust had started to fray early as summer 2015, with some staff starting to think the unthinkable, that she was somehow involved. So the staff in 2015 were already putting yeah. the dots together It's on not this. hard. No, If no. one person is consistently on staff yeah. when babies are dying, babies that were... Yeah. No, exactly. Seemed perfectly healthy. Yep. And so uh, a link was first noted between Lepi and her uh, presence at a number of collapses in June 2015. The doctor then alerted the senior director of nursing that something was wrong in October 2015. Mm -hmm. Then the matter was raised again in February 2016 with the consultants requesting a meeting with management to which there was no response for three months. This is what bureaucracy does right here. Yes. The fact that management sat on that for so long means more children yeah. were put in danger this is, this in harm's is, way. This is what, and if anyone was hurt in that three months, not only should she be charged, they should also be yeah, charged but as this, an accessory. This is what bureaucracy does. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, again, we were getting a reasonable amount of pressure from senior management at the hospital not to make a fuss. This is what the doctor's yeah. saying, you know, because the board or whoever on top yeah. there is just like, yeah, we can't fix this, you know, or just... Yeah. Do whatever. Um, So the doctor said, the rational part of myself told me to stop being so ridiculous. I kept doing what I was doing, but the thought kept coming back into my head. And it's like, yeah, you know, because this is crazy. So then there was this emphasis they wanted to make um, with the the trial. Um, So they basically spent like um, uh, three weeks giving evidence. Three weeks. Uh, Dressed in dark colors, usually black or navy. Her once bright blonde hair hung low in length. She looked thinner, more gaunt than in the smiling photos of her scrubs out with her friends. Um, she cried quietly when speaking about the two cats um, in the home that she left behind. But then they noticed that anytime they talked about anything uh, about her life prior to her arrest, she would cry. But then... What they found striking is once they started talking about the babies, no tears at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, uh, you know, was just this crazy, crazy situation. And so now they're trying to figure out the why, which in my opinion, I don't think you're going to figure it out. No. But one of the things that um, they, the prosecution allege, um, you know, the police are in a struggle with it. They're right. like, we have no idea. The prosecution alleged that she had a crush on a male doctor on the unit and suggested that she hurt the baby so that he would then rush into the room to help. 
And she flatly denied that was true. Who the fuck knows? You know, uh, she told the court that she believed consultants were pinning the blame on her to cover up the hospital's failings. You know, so she's yeah. trying to blame the hospital, which would be a typical yeah. thing. You know, don't look here. Look yeah. everywhere else. Uh, she pointed out the pressure that she and her colleagues had working under the strain of the workload and at times unhygienic uh, conditions in nursery rooms. Uh, there were often plumbing issues with the unit, um, saying that raw sewage had been known to flow onto the floor while out-of-service sinks left staff unable to properly wash their hands. She acknowledged that somebody had sabotaged the care of some of the babies in the hospital. The insulin attacks could not be explained away, mm -hmm. but consistently denied that it was her. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, this is, you know, the, the question that, you know, that has no answer is the why. And she's going to be the only one that, that knows. answers that. But I don't even think she knows. No, no. There's, you know. So, yeah, the case continues, um, you know, because they just did the whole guilty thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there's a list here, and it's, you know, child A and B, child C, D, you know, all through, and they they go through the, the charges and things like that. So um, she was found guilty of most of them. Uh, I think there was only a couple that they couldn't reach a verdict on. Mm -hmm. um, but the majority of them... You know, I'd say probably 98, 95% she was found guilty on. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And so, you know, you don't hear many stories like that, period, but let alone recently. Yeah. You know, this is a recent thing. You know, a lot of these um, kind of serial killer stories that we will do, they happened years ago. Yeah. You know, and they happened a long time ago. And people, some people have a detachment with that kind of stuff. And, you know, oh, there hasn't been nothing like that in a long time, you know. And it's like, well, it takes a while to find this stuff. Yeah. It takes, it takes a while, a while to, to actually dots. find the, the person that's yeah. guilty of it. But this gets back to defunding police. It's like the reason you have less is because the police are funded. Yeah. And in fact, I think there needs to be more funding. Same. Literally. Yeah. Because if they had more funds. If you want them to funds, handle things better, if give you them want more them to training. be more networked yeah, more and all money. that stuff, yeah. you know, I'm not even going as much with the training. You know, that type of life, I'm not going to say life, that type of career, you are only going to get training on the job. You're going to get your little 10% of it or whatever. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that the schooling and there needs to be sensitivity counseling and all that stuff, but they already go through all that. But the no, fact I'm talking is, about is, like, um, as far as like evidence collection for yeah, like no, DNA. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but even that, like, of the advancements. But in there's DNA. no existing system. Like, they need better systems in place mm -hmm. to have that be useful. You know, because I mean, even those old cases that were like 30, 40 years ago, you look and you're like, you know, somebody just had the mindset to collect everything and put it in a fridge. Yeah, and be like. Maybe someday they'll be able to do, do this, something with you it. know, yeah. and they're solving those ones. But but the fact is, is, yeah, that just it just shocks the hell out of me when they're like, oh, they need to be defunded. It's like, do you know what the hell's going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, it's this shit that's going to happen. Yeah. And then the cops are going to be like, well, yeah, I can't put it together because I don't have money because I'm running this yeah. old fucking computer, you mm -hmm. know, and, and all this other stuff. And it just uh, our database is corrupt. So, you know, we don't have the data on that. And. 
And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a stupid thing to me. It's like, no, they need more money to handle all this stuff. And they need more money to be more direct with the evidence. Mm-hmm. I think if they were more direct with the evidence, they could have. I think this shows a lot of failing on the British system right here. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as that didn't go as far as it should have. Because, again, it's just bureaucracy. Um, and even there, she might be right in the fact that those hospitals had you know, unhygienic things and sewer issues and all that other stuff. But, you know, now when you're running off a national system like they are, you know, are they going to be so bold as to say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, because now you're not just saying that the healthcare system is a problem. You're saying the nation is a problem. And this is, you know, this is a problem. That's a huge problem with that kind of national, national run stuff. Uh, Yeah. I just thought it'd be an interesting story to, to talk about. Yeah. You know, but. It's kind of fitting with what's coming up for next week. I know, right? Yeah. What do we got going next? We week? got Minnie Dean, aka the baby the farmer. The baby farmer. So that's you want a serial killer? Yeah. I got one for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's uh I remember reading that a couple days. It was on like fourteen forty or something yeah. like that. I get on just the mail every morning. I just kind of read like the mm-hmm. highlights and uh I looked and I was like, Yeah, I'm like we're doing mini Dean next week. I was like, yeah, yeah. we'll just pop that in there. Cause it's not a whole episode. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a little extra to tie in, but yeah, I, I wonder how many people know about the baby farmer. Well, yeah, there's it, a bunch of people who are going to know about it next week. <laughs> next week. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, um, thank you for, for listening. Yes. And uh, we always ask if you can like, and, Review and yep. Rate, follow and review. subscribe and all yep. that stuff that helps uh, us with the analytics. Uh, we're all just slaves to the. Sadly, we are slaves to the algorithm. And again, you know. if uh, you would like to submit some questions, yes, for the for our Halloween episode, please our... submit them to oth at seriouslydecent.com. Yeah, yeah. Or if you got an idea for an episode, yeah, you know, yep, we've got some. Uh, that we're sliding into the uh, the schedule mm-hmm. uh, that we've got some requests. So we have seen them and yep. we haven't forgot about you. And nope. thank you for, for doing that. We mm-hmm. really appreciate it. And we will have them in this year. So we're just trying to figure out uh, how to. Where in the schedule. Yeah. We got to figure out which ones we want to take out, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. I don't think so either. To, to cover. Nope. I'm going to continue my hot sauce training. Yes. I think I might it's go. A good, uh, that's a good plan. I might go a little lighter than I did last week. but Yeah. yeah. What we're going to have to do is see if we can find something hotter than the Reaper. So at least we can expose ourselves to it. Yeah. No, that's that's coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm ordering some stuff. Okay. Next week. All right. To give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Really? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. We're calling fun. it fun? Yeah. Okay. Everything, everything's <laughs> fun in its own way, even <laughs> terrible things, you know. But, uh, yeah, so Minnie Dean Baby Farmer. Yep. Next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go with rule number one. No Ouija boards. No. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. No capes at all. No. Yeah. Cloaks. See, you know is, I love me a good cloak. Cloak is cloak is tough. It is. Know. Especially if you have a dagger. 
Cloak and Dagger. Get Cloak it? Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I should I should watch that. <laughs> Four. No blood rituals. Yeah, yeah. It might seem fun at the time, but, but it's, uh, not. it's got a bad stigma to it. Yeah. And uh, I think you're just like, I think you're you're throwing a door for evil in your life in ways you can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. But if you feel compelled, you know, maybe you can be a guest in the future. and We'll discuss some we'll stuff. We'll discuss some stuff. <laughs> Rule number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Definitely. Buy some school supplies, donate them yeah. to a local charity. I'm sure someone somewhere is collecting mm-hmm. school supplies, uh, backpacks yeah. for kids. That's yeah. that's a big deal. It's a big thing right now. You yeah. know, and I talk to a lot of uh parents that just every year they're like, Oh my god, it's so much money. You know, and then I think it's like, okay, these are people that have the money, mm-hmm. you know. So now like you have that family that doesn't have the money yeah. for that type of stuff. And there's a lot of areas where you can do it. You just got to look it up. Yep. You know, um, and we went to Walmart and we just got notebooks, crayons, yep. pens, pencils, glue paper. sticks, paper. Yep. And I think it was all 20 bucks or something like that. I think altogether it came out to 40 because we figured it was about 40 for each. Well, no, because we were we, buying. Yeah, because we did. Two the stuff for the humane the same society. Day. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, 20, 20 bucks can go a ways. It know? can, yeah. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I would strongly urge it. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people that need help out there. Yeah. And uh, Crayola crayons were 50 cents. Yeah. And everybody knows that's the Cadillac of crayons. <laughs> so I yeah. think you've got a couple bucks, you know, just go without one coffee. Yeah. Yeah, and you could help some kids. Color well, and the thing in is, is, the thing is, if you don't help, then the system has to help them. Yes, and we all know that the system sucks. It does. So it doesn't do a very good job of helping. If you hate the system, yeah, help. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's that yes. simple. You yep. know, I mean, it really, truly is. Next and rule. It may not seem like a lot, but it adds up. It is. Yes. Next rule. No, don't engage with the black-eyed children, and yeah. we expanded it to people, people animals. Like, essentially, beings. if they don't have... Any color or whites, just, just flat-out right, yeah. black eyes. If they eyes. don't have yeah. eyes as we are accustomed to see them... Yeah. Close the door. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Don't give them ketchup for their apple. Certainly if, do not do that. And if you don't understand that, then you need to, to listen to listen the black-eyed black child- children episode. episode. <laughs> Next rule. Just listen. Yeah, the last one. Yes. Yeah. And I will say, as someone who doesn't uh, listen, trolls around Reddit, <laughs> you can see a lot of these rules in action. The Ouija board. Yeah. The dolls. Yeah. The There's a reason the rituals, we have these rules. The cults. Boy. Like it's yeah. it's all in there. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just like yeah, you know, we told you not to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I always, like, anytime I hear, um, like, you know, I'll read about a demonic possession yep. or, um, you know. And they were fooling read, around with the Ouija fooling board. Fooling around with the Ouija board like, is told like, you. it's like the top, it's yeah. the number one, which is why it's yes. rule number one yes. for us. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it amazes me. Like, I just read and it's like, no, I went to a seance or 
I went to, uh, you know, um, this, uh, I went fortune to fortune teller, I went to this fortune teller, yep. you know, and not talking tarot cards. Like no. yeah. to me, I think tarot cards is a parlor trick, but if you let it get to you on a right. level like that, yeah, I think you're opening yourself up I, more and more. But again, that's not the cards. That's you. Exactly. Yeah. It's you. The cards don't do it. Well, you yeah. Do. I'm going to yeah. say the Ouija board doesn't even do it. You do. You yeah. do it. Yeah. If that board's sitting there, it's not bothering anybody. Right. But the moment you interact with it and your energy gets involved yeah. with that, yep. you are now, it's it's just, it's a gateway. Yeah. It's a gateway to get you where evil wants you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to believe that or listen to it because i know this definitely strikes a line in our listeners i know there's a lot of listeners and they've probably peeled off from here right, and there yeah that are like you don't get it you don't understand it's like no i do understand it. you don't get it no no I, I i understand that there is a spirituality there yeah i really do mm-hmm. i really understand that there is a spirituality and energy and all that stuff where we part is i think it's no good Correct. And you think it's a pathway to somewhere. Yeah. You think it's someone good communicating with yeah. you. Yeah. Or it's just, you, yeah. you know, you, you're you in control of that situation, which think about that. It's supernatural. Yeah. You know, and you admit it's supernatural. Yeah. And, and you're how, not in control of how shit. How do you have, yeah, you yeah. don't have control of no. that. You don't even know who you're talking to. No, you, you don't, don't. even know. Spirits come aboard. You know, yeah. it's like, really? Okay. My name's Johnny. I'm seven. Oh, my you're God. You're going to die when you're 16. That'd be like me just, like, yeah. opening the van, you know, in, like, the south side of Chicago and saying, Come on in. Come on in. I got money in here. Yep. You know, let's just have a great time in life. You know, yeah. They're we gonna, got a DVD in here. You want to watch a movie in our gonna van? They're going to beat me up. They're going <laughs> to yeah. take my money. They're going to flip my van over. Yep. And that's here in the, in the yeah. thing you can see. Yeah. You don't even know what the supernatural bit of it is. No. And uh and and I and I wanted to believe that a long time ago that there's this, you know, you can talk to grandma and you can talk to all that stuff. And then, you know, you start thinking about evil. And if you start looking at it from uh like a devil standpoint, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna get How's to he you gonna through appear your grandma. To you? Yeah, he's not gonna appear as yeah. this horned demon. He's gonna appear as your grandma. Yeah, and I'll say the quote all the time. I and say I'm it around say, with you. It's like odds are your grandma passed on, and know. she's she's where she's supposed yeah, to be. You don't want to see her. She's like, not gonna be communicating with you. If you believe yeah. in that afterlife, you don't want her there. No, you know, and it's just like it's uh, yeah. I I really think that that's more. Go and more. toward the Oh, yeah. And like I said, I'll bust on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. You know, a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot to bust on there. Yeah. I'm equal opportunity in that regard. Yes. You know, uh, but but the fact of the matter is, is like Lorraine Warren said, you know, they're as old as the ages. Yeah. And they know all the tricks. Yeah. They've they know, had they've had millennia but they to got figure it the out. The knowledge of yeah. all the ages. They know everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you really you start putting it in that type of context. And I don't see how in the hell you could trust anything that's literally supernatural. I just, I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. You know, even like the Bigfoot stuff, you hear that slant on it that like Bigfoot and aliens are demons. Mm -hmm. You know, is it true? Who knows? You know, but it would make for the reason of the the mystery and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the not so definitive things about them. You know, uh, I think aliens, we're going to come up to a sharp conclusion on something with that in the next 10 years. 
I think, you know. Maybe. But even that, like these recent stories that they talked about aliens with the government and all that stuff, I think that's a psyop. I think that's a distraction. There's so much shit going on right now. Yeah. And that, I think, should tell you how bad things are when they decide to put aliens on the oh, table. Oh, by the way, aliens are a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they just, you know. Okay, bye. And they just come out <laughs> willy-nilly yeah. about it. It's yeah. like that should tell you the state of affair with things. But Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, thanks again. And we look forward to uh, doing this another week. Yes. Because that's how we do over here. Yep. It's and, one week at a time, man. Yeah. And um, I think it's an exciting time because we're getting close to fall. Mm-hmm. We're getting the we Halloween uh, part of the year. This is when the little Halloween shops will be opening up. <sighs> can't wait. You know, get all the cool stuff. And we'll I definitely pass, wait. pass that information if we find some cool things. I, uh, oh. From what I hear, word on the street is Joanne Fabric has an amazing Halloween uh, display this year, which well, I have not personally checked out. Let's go tomorrow. But I'm going to. And we we will update accordingly. Let's go tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yep. So with that being said, have an amazing day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care.